0: This episode is brought to you by my book, Be Left Behind. Discover Bitcoin and cryptocurrency before your grandmother beats you to it. Available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. I know it sounds kind of cheeky, but if you're honestly interested in getting started in the Bitcoin cryptocurrency world and don't know where to start, this is the perfect book to start. As one of our Amazon reviewers just said, this book is the easiest way around to get quick education in crypto. Written in a breezy, easy to comprehend style, it's a must-read to those new to the space and of course i perfectly agree with all of those things Uh, available again on amazon anywhere books are sold if you're also interested in getting more details you can contact me directly also my co-author and i are doing a weekly chat on clubhouse so just find me on clubhouse and we'll talk all about bitcoin every This episode is brought to you by MeetFox.com. MeetFox is a simple solution to interact with your clients online and to monetize your online meetings. It's very easy to use. I've been taking advantage of it recently. It has a fully web-based system, no tech skills required. You can schedule all of your meetings through one simple click, it's linked to your calendar, use their online system for your meetings, get instant payments, automatic invoicing, Truly simple, easy to use. That's MeatFox.com. If you use the promo code URI at checkout, you'll receive two months to test out all of their programs absolutely free. And if you want to hear more about what MeatFox is all about, check out episode 202 where I interview the co-founder about why they started this wonderful company again that's MeatFox.com. use the promo code yuri at checkout to receive two months absolutely free welcome to advance your art if you are interested in making
1: money from your art using your artistic background to your advantage when switching careers or if you are just plain stuck you've come to the right place
0: now let's get started and have some fun with your host yuri talbo Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or if you're just feeling stuck, you've come to the right place. Every week, I sit down with a creative entrepreneur to discuss the who, what, and why of their journey. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe, like, and share it with a friend. Today, it is my pleasure to sit down with Heather Chauvet, leadership coach and strategic parenting expert heather hello welcome to the show how are you today
1: i'm so good thank you for having me here yuri
0: excellent well thank you for joining me so how are things in your neck of the woods right now
1: (laughs) well i am in ontario canada Mm -hmm. we just went back into lockdown number two as we're Mm -hmm. recording this so um, yeah. And it's right before the holidays when we're recording well as well. So yeah. it's a shit show and, um, I'm, I'm personally doing pretty good and I'm just, uh, yeah, it's interesting. The chaos. I'm calm in the chaos.
0: <laughs> calm in the chaos. That's a great way to describe it. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. I mean, how have I'm, I only hear about things in Canada from, from the news and, and, so how are do you how, are, how have things been in Canada let's say the last few months in general or actually during the pandemic in general
1: Um <laughs> I feel like we're highly influenced by the states meaning mm-hmm. the media that we receive right so whether it's right. on social media it's mostly mostly american so we we've been affected by energetically like emotionally by the election because you know, we're, we're your, what do they call us? The meme that was going around like your emotional support Canadian or something (laughs) like that. Um, but it's been, I mean, it's been like it is everywhere else. There's lockdown, people are overwhelmed, all of that. Um, different regions take it differently. So, I mean, it's, it's been like everything, every other area, I don't think as intense. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a shit show over here
0: yeah we'll go, okay yeah 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 it's like,
1: just like everyone else just like <laughs> everyone else right
0: yeah. yeah right like yeah we're all going through it at the same time but yeah it's um
1: we're all what's that saying we're all in the same storm but not in the same
0: boat yes that's it that's a very good way to describe that mm-hmm. nice yeah. all right so for my listeners who are less familiar with your work how do you describe yourself and what you do
1: Yes. That's always the difficult question to answer because how do you ever describe yourself in an elevator pitch or a Mm -hmm. one-liner? But my, I'm the host of the podcast or a podcast, an upcoming book called um, the podcast is called mom is in control. The book is dying to be a good mother. And essentially my business is around helping women who just happen to be raising children, create, Alignment in their lives. I don't believe in balance, and I also don't b- believe in burnout. I do not believe we need to hustle and push, 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 to be quote unquote successful in any area of our lives. Um, and definitely now more than ever during 2020 pandemic, we're really just seeing the uprise of you know the lack of sustainability uh, for women, but also families and it's just the balance and all of that stuff. So I just help people with tools and strategies, but also through my own um, learning and experience. And um, I'm sure we might, you know, talk about it, but seven years ago I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. And that was one of my big wake up calls that really had me say, you know, stop, let's do this differently. And so I, yeah, I live a very different life than how I did seven years ago and I help women do the same thing.
0: Yeah. I I can imagine. So if you wouldn't mind, what was, so what was your like life like before <laughs> your cancer experience? And then how, mm-hmm. how has that then evolved post your experience?
1: Yeah. So before cancer, I was still in the online space. Um, I was, you know, an entrepreneur. I was building my business. And previous to that, I was a social worker. So um, I studied as a social worker, fell in love with mental health and really helping people and just fell into that trap of being the rescuer and saving everybody and being the strong one. Um and then raising my three boys. So my youngest was a year old. Um, They're now 16, I don't even know, they keep changing ages, so like 16, (laughs) 11, and eight. Um, The youngest was a year old when I was diagnosed, and I just, you know, I was living my life from a place of fear, from a a place of unworthiness, from a place of lack, and I was hustling, pushing, 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 doing everything for everybody else except myself um, chronically fatigued, like just all of the things that were socially acceptable, like, Oh, you must be so busy. Um, you know, it's gotta be hard to make money. And I lived up to that standard. Um, and then I had, I went to the doctors, my abdomen was swollen. Um, they did a CT and blood work and pretty much told me, um, well not at the doctors, but in the emergency room that I had cancer. And I had to stop and do everything, but I was the gold star, like Olympic athlete of super and I got so many pats on the back for it. Like I don't know how you do it all. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so you so you went through this experience with cancer, and you you say it lasted seven years.
1: No, it's been seven years. Oh, it's
0: been seven years. I'm sorry. So so how yeah. long how long did your experience with um i guess in that moment mm-hmm. going through cancer how long did that last and what was that experience like
1: so initially when i was diagnosed it was a rapid growing cancer so it was stage 4 burkitt's lymphoma um and you know i thought when i was diagnosed it would be like stage 1 or something and it just with burkitt's it is a very rapid growing cancer so you have to hit it hard and you have to hit it quick mm-hmm. so i was um in aggressive treatment for a good six months Um, and then I went into remission and then pretty much felt like I was just dropped off at the side of the road and said okay you're good you're in remission go back to your life and so that there was different stages in recovery and healing Mm -hmm. um, but the intense at the beginning was around six months and then after that and since that moment it's been this constant evolution of uh recovery and strength and um you know how can i make it one degree better and just constantly pivoting
0: Mm -hmm. so i i watched your your ted talk and Mm -hmm. in it you talk a lot about like questions that you keep on asking yourself so i'm i'm curious about that when did you always like continue to ask yourself about how to make how you know how to improve how to you know work on what you're working on and then how has that evolved since your your cancer
1: well I definitely talk to myself a lot and I've always (laughs) talked to myself but I think you know since cancer I started asking myself different questions right because I think sometimes we can really focus on what's not working and get into this mindset of blame and being the victim of, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I think, you know, answering this question, there's a story that I tell in the book around, you know, one night when I was in the middle of treatment, I was on my bathroom floor terrified, like I just couldn't sleep and I was paralyzed in fear. Um, You know, I was running through my head like from the top of my head to the tips of my toes, I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I was just in this fight or flight state. But it was too late in the middle of the night. and I didn't want to wake up anybody. So I, I crept into the bathroom, and I'm literally lying there in fetal position. And I am trying to hold my tears in because I did not want to inconvenience anybody. And I'm using it like air quotes Like I couldn't even express myself because I didn't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. And I kept hearing this, you know, as I'm talking to myself, it's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But then I was like back, I felt like I was backed into a corner and there was this little tiny voice and it said, but you're not dead yet. Like Heather, you are not dead yet. And so these questions started coming with like, how do you want to feel and i remember feeling like well i want to feel the opposite of dead which was alive and so i started asking myself questions like okay if you wanted to feel alive what would that look like Mm -hmm. what would you what would your day look like what would your week look like what would like what do you need to feel alive? And so that's how I started asking myself these questions. But it wasn't until I was so frustrated with my pain and I had to get really, really quiet with my fear that I started changing the conversation in my mind of what do you want? Not, you know, continuously perpetuating like what's not working. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about your, let's say your, your coaching business right now and, and how you work mm-hmm. with women to, to find, I guess the balance, I guess, well, mm-hmm. balance, I think is the word that you said you don't like to use. So the, mm-hmm. um, I'm not quite sure how to say it. S- uh, center... You can ask the question and I'll <laughs> oh, okay. just
1: answer. It's, it's like, everyone's like, how do you balance it all? I, I feel like
0: yeah.
1: it's, someone's like, how do you make a million dollars? Right. Yeah. It's like, everyone wants it and it feels like a
0: mystery. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so,
1: so you're asking how do you balance it all?
0: Well, I wasn't gonna say how to balance it all, but how, how do you work with them to approach the sustainability, profitability, and ease in their yeah. life and the business that you talk about without using the word balance? Perfect, I love this okay. question,
1: amazing. <laughs> I feel like, so one, I was finding that women were coming to me when I started my business it was very child-focused. Mm-hmm. My, my background, it was very child-focused. The child has this problem, has these behaviors, and we were trying to fix the behavior. Mm. But then what I was hearing was, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. And and I'm like, hmm. So after my diagnosis, I the sustainability piece is, how do you want to feel, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have your anchor feeling. And then there's a concept that I teach called energetic time management. It is not groundbreaking. The point is it's simple. Once you have your anchor feeling, let's say it's energized, alive, peaceful, calm, abundant, like whatever your word is, it could be 20 words, but if you could make it one, you want to feel creative, whatever you want to feel. What are you doing every day to put more of that energy in that bucket? in that good feeling bucket. Because when people ask like, how do you do it all? How do you balance it? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I really don't. One, I delegate a lot, like there's strategy behind that. But to be honest, the better I feel, the less I give a shit if everything is getting done, right? And I really just try to delegate. So I don't try to prove my worth anymore from how much is on my to-do list. Because I noticed that the better I felt, and there is a there isn't, you know, it's an art, it's an art form. The better I felt, the less I, reactive I was. And so my relationships improved. The better I felt, the more focused I was. The better I felt, the more I could pay attention to the things that were priority. The better I felt, I didn't allow fear to run the show. So it is so counterintuitive to say feeling good. Is how you are going to get what you want. But we're so conditioned to believe that um I will be happy when, right? I just need, you know, I just need this pandemic thing to be over. And then it's mm-hmm. like if you can't find joy and peace in the shit show, how are you supposed to find it on the perfect day? Like you have to figure out how to fill your cup even when you think it's impossible
0: to fill it. Mm-hmm. So, how do you fill your cup then? I know that may not be that great of an answer- or a question right now, but especially during the pandemic,
1: mm-hmm. someone
0: listening to this could be stressed out because of just again the the shit show that the world is in right now and trying to figure out ways to boost something in in their lives. So how do you approach it, and how do you teach your clients to fill their cup?
1: So I can say this today mm-hmm. from a state of what i call thrival like most areas of my life i am not living in survival mode so what people don't understand is they're looking at people and saying how do i how do i how do i but sometimes you just have to meet your basic human needs Mm -hmm. and if your basic human needs like you're really terrified of how you're going to pay the rent or you have no idea how you're going to get your next meal or you you know this whole pandemic has left you feeling isolated and alone and you're craving connection you have to first ask yourself what am i craving and what do you need so today i do that i just sit with a pen and paper and say what do you what do you need what do you want what do you desire whatever word or terminology you connect with and then i just i brainstorm and i'm like I need a glass of water. I want a bath. I want to go for a walk. I'm craving, you know, no screen time, social media detox. Um, I'm craving connection. I'm craving like whatever it is. You have to ask yourself, and then the next step is having the courage to do that. So, some things that have been non negotiable, uh, non negotiables for me are are food, like fueling my body, and not doing it from a place of like binge eating or uh, trying like shaming myself for like extra weight gain. It's like, am I actually putting fuel in my tank, in my gas tank? Like, so that my mind is working properly. My body's working properly. Am I moving my body? Um, nature connection, you know, not trying to people please and be like, Oh, I need to show up for everybody and I need to provide all these things. It's like, what do I want? And keep asking myself those questions. So, From a simple perspective, it's the basics hydration, sleep, food, movement, non negotiables. And I resist those all the time. I resist moving my body. I resist eating proper nutrition. I resist water. But I know I have to focus on the feeling, not the immediate, like, you know, ROI. I have to focus on the long term game and know that. Am I taking radical responsibility for my life? And the more I step into that, that is how I've been able to like thrive during this time. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that uh, something you do every single day? Like do you sit down and and write out these questions every day? Is it, or how often?
1: When I started, I did a lot of writing. Now I can just do it intuitively and pivot. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just become like my go-to in my brain and a mindset. But yeah, when I started, I would just um, write it out. I would plan it out. Like I would actually put white space on my on my calendar and I would have a friend that I would have to text or call for accountability and say, I literally put that I'm supposed to go for an hour long walk. And that makes me incredibly uncomfortable because I just want to work. And um, I had to start rewarding myself with work because that was like my addiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just forced myself to walk and like drink water and it's so annoying, but, um, now I can just pivot very quickly and, and do it kind of intuitively.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your podcast. Mom is in control.
1: Mm-hmm. What,
0: um, what made you want to start the podcast and, and how has that been going?
1: So first, when people hear the title, they laugh all the time and they think, Oh yeah, I'm I'm in control. Mm-hmm. But when I started, um I was a teen mom, I was 18 when I had my son and I felt like a failure. I felt like I came into motherhood already failing and I had a degree in social work, I jumped into mental health. I and then I didn't understand my son's behavior. Um and so I kept digging and digging and digging but I really felt alone. And I just wanted to create community. So I started doing this like four or five years ago, the podcast, and then um, talking and people kept coming closer and closer. And it's just been amazing. We've had conversations and I do a lot of solo episodes on teaching what has worked for me um, and helping other women find alignment in their lives. But I always say You know, wanting to feel in control of your life, of your parenting, of your relationships, your time, your money, your energy. When you're controlling something externally, it's because you feel out of control internally. And so it's really helping you come back to yourself and saying, what am I not looking at within myself and then trying to control outside. So I was trying to control my son's behavior and then realizing I didn't even have the skills
0: to teach him what he needed to learn. Very interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then let's also, um, as you mentioned in the beginning, your books, you have a new book coming out in March, 2021 dying to be a good mother how I dropped the guilt and took control of my life and parenting Mm -hmm. Um, so what made you want to write that book
1: I did not want to write the book (laughs) I actually resisted it um for a very long time I again this goes back to alignment and what feels good and what works for me uh it was just that desire that like would not leave me um that like there was a book in me and I didn't know what book and the creative process was actually really challenging and um, you know it's what they call a teaching memoir so it's a teachable or prescriptive memoir. Um, I did not want to help self-help book. I did not want parents or women to read my book and feel like you know they have to get a PhD I wanted them to know that they're not alone but there is another way to be in the world. And that dying, you don't physically need to be diagnosed with cancer, but dying or feeling like some part of you is dying, whether it's your, your soul, your creative spirit, your mind, your body, your relationships, um, not giving to yourself is definitely not the path to freedom. It's the opposite. And so that takes effort, consistency, um, and there is another way, you just have to think differently. So yeah, that's, you know, telling my story. I think stories are healing um, and it gives other people opportunity to grow. So that was why I finally gave into the resistance and um, co-created
0: the book with it. Interesting. How long did the, I guess, the, the writing process take you for this?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually hired a writer to help me. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this publicly because going into this, I had the expectation that I needed to write every word myself. And I do really well podcasting and speaking and co-creating with people. What I do not do well with and feels awful to me um, is sitting in front of a computer and attempting to write. So um, the writer and I worked on it for about a year Mm -hmm. um, and, and then previous to that, we worked together doing, um, trying to figure out what book I was writing. So it was about a two year process.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I know, I know there's a lot of, um, services and everything else out there right now that allows people to do something similar. How did you choose your, your writer and what was that process like?
1: So I actually bought into a lot of those services, you know, like write your book in a weekend and do all those things. And I think it works for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just kept pivoting and going, this doesn't feel good or I need more of this and asking myself kind of like what we've been talking about. Like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And I just kept thinking, I just need somebody that I trust to pull it out of me. Like I just Mm -hmm. wanted someone to pull it out of me, but I also needed somebody with like a very, strong personality that could call me out when they felt like I was playing small. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a referral. So I had, um, I connected with this woman who was helping me with my book proposal. And she was like, okay, we got to write this, we got to do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need a writer. And so she actually connected me to the writer. And we instantly connected with our personalities. And I felt like you know, she was a godsend, and um, I'm like, you can't leave me. You need to help me write this book too. So, <laughs>
0: well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, how are you looking at how your business is going, and how each of your your, your items, the podcast and the book, how are those all evolving in 2021 in a let's say a post pandemic hybrid world?
1: Mm-hmm. So everything I've been doing has been online for a while. I did do like in-person retreats um I'm actually wildly introverted so I'm excited that I don't have to do a formal book tour like mm-hmm. that was one thing I was dreading I'm like I do not want to get on a plane and go to all these places um so it's nice that you know the online world is adapting to that mm-hmm. um not much is changing for me to be honest but I am one shift that I'm making is more community focused kind of meetups that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a monthly meetup or bi-monthly meetup. I teach a lot of content and I talk about that on the podcast, but there's so much power in just cultivating community because we're craving it. And um, that is one thing that I'm more focused on. I even have um, like I I've started using the community app. So I have like a phone number. People can text me. And I don't reply to every single one, but it's podcast listeners just definitely cultivating more human connection and relationship building through my marketing and not focus so much on funnels and evergreen and all of that. I'm not a fan.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So with everything that you have done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you were ever given? Hmm.
1: Anytime I'm asked this question, I, I, my go-to is like to reject all the advice that I have given, Mm -hmm. but that is, that's not really fair to say. Um, It has been any time a mentor or a coach or somebody has challenged me and said, what do you think you should do? That is like the most uncomfortable advice to get because you're like, no, I want you to solve the problem for me. And I do that to people. And I'm like, I really don't have the answer for you. But I, I can tell you what I think. And you're you might reject what I say, because it's not alignment with what your truth is. Mm -hmm. So the best advice has been like, what do you think you should do? That has honestly been the biggest game changer when I actually take that advice. And that person holds me to it. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yes, Uh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's a a very annoying, isn't it? It is. It's annoying question. I've I've had people ask me that question multiple times um, when I was just seeking advice and looking for the easy answer. And um, yeah. yeah, it is, it is both an amazing and terrible question all at the same time. But Anne,
1: uh, can I, I just piggy-, piggy off of that? Sure. I like, again, it's about co-creation. Like I'm such an advocate of that. Mm-hmm. And so I will say to people, what do you think you should do? And then I can give you feedback on that. Hmm. And they'll say, I think I should do this. And I'm like, I think you should do that too. But what about this? And they're like, Oh my gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. But if I say, Oh, I think you should do this. And they're like, No, that doesn't feel good. I'm like, then why did you ask? So it's (laughs) like, give, you know, give your answer first doesn't mean you have to do that. But then be open to receiving the tweak or the co creation feedback that you know, someone can give you. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to connect with you and read your book, find what you're doing online, listen to your podcast, where are the best places they can go for all of that?
1: Yeah. So you can, the podcast you can find anywhere. It's mom is in control. So just look that up. Mom is in control podcast book, dying to be a good mother found on Amazon, Burns and Noble everywhere online. Um, my hub is my website. So myname.com. So Heather Chauvin. C H A U V I N dot com. And you can hook me up on or find me on Instagram, same name.
0: Wonderful. I will put all those links in the show notes so the listeners can click right through. Thank you. Again, well, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. You as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you like this episode, please remember to give us a five-star rating, like, and share with a friend. Our theme music is written and mixed by Chicago-based composer Ryan Black of Black Bones Collaborative. To listen to the full catalog of our episodes, go to advanceyourart.com. To see what I'm working on or book a time with me or buy a copy of my book, Be Left Behind, go to yuricataldo.com. Thank you so much and have a great day.